Yo, rolling into Wednesday like we mean it today. Look, mm. there's a lot going mm. on with the EV tax credits. We got a new law or laws. We're going to talk about Walmart shopping and a new luxury brand GM board member. I go, the people really want to know. I was a bigger mouthful than I thought it would be. I'm impressed. I'm just impressed at how how smoothly that seemed to flow off, off your tongue. <laughs> It's always good to when things we that we never thought would happen. <laughs> things we never thought would happen. Talking about Walmart two two times in one week. I know it. <laughs> I know it. It's valid though. I mean, well done. It's well valid, done, Walmart. It's fa- yeah, and class. GM and G- GM coming in. Let's go. Hey, You're the okay. newsmakers are the making pod. news. That's all we can say. Like we don't pick the news. We don't make the news. We just report it. We report we just, it. We just hang out with it. Actually, I oh, think we just kind of we give it a little side hug and and bring it on in. So. <laughs> side hug. <laughs> because like if it was a full embrace, it just wouldn't work side, out. Yeah, yeah, we, no, yeah, it moves too we fast. A casual, full embrace. Like I haven't seen yeah. you in a couple years. Side hug at the family reunion <laughs> with all the news. It's like I'm acknowledging <laughs> some level of affiliation, but keeping my distance. <laughs> that is that's pretty much what we do. Side hugging the new, news for 240 episodes. New website <laughs> subtitles. Side hugging the news. Dude, that is the best explanation of what we actually do. We side hug the news. Sometimes strokes of brilliance happen. All that is, that's it. I think we're done. I think we can just end the show and just we get on and go home and be like, I think we accomplished what we need to do accomplish today. Oh, uh, but we can't do that. We have a lot of work to do. Um, hey, the Asotocon, uh, um, Asotocon, Auto Collabs, the podcast sessions are awesome. They're going so well and people are My really goodness. diving in to these longer form conversations we're having with some really amazing people that just happen to become more amazing the more we get to know about them. Um, so those are on auto. You can search auto collabs on your favorite podcast platform, uh, or we actually have the video versions of these on YouTube on our YouTube channel. It's a so tube, a S O T U dot B E a so tube and all the auto collabs are up there too. Or you can just search auto collabs. Today's episode is with Glenn Pash and Man, Glenn is a great interviewer, and he's a great interviewee because he understands how to have great conversation. And we learn a few other things. We talk about the restaurant business. We talk about um, what that actually means for customer experience. And fun enough, we always try to talk about how someone got into the auto industry. Yes. And, and can we do a segue in the intro? And speaking of Glenn Pash, can we do that? <laughs> we'll do an a little, intro we'll do to a an intro. Bit. A little bit. A little. <laughs> that works. Is my mic still there? Yeah, I don't know. Things just got real haywire. It's okay. So weird. I don't know. I can't hear myself. I can't hear you. I have to reset my roadcaster. You can carry the show for a minute. Well, hey, so speaking of Glenn Pass, he actually did did us a favor, interviewed us, gave us the opportunity to share with his audience. He's got a podcast called You're in Charge Now What, which is a lot about leadership. And uh, and the best title ever. He literally, it's like another speaking of, speaking of side hugging the news. (laughs) He uh, he titled it, What the Hell Are They Doing Over There?, which is very appropriate. It's a good question, and a lot of people are asking it. And actually, his line of questioning gave us the ability to really explain in, in a fresh and really dialed-in way exactly what a soda is all about. So if you've ever thought, man, I've been listening to the podcast, I've been reading the emails, watching on social media, and I don't really understand what they're doing, we're just going to point you over to you're in charge now what today, uh, because that's that's the place where we feel like we succinctly said what we're actually doing. It is. I think I wake up every morning and I ask myself that question that he asked. 
what, what am I doing over here? What, what am I? What are we actually doing over here? I don't know. No, we were very clear on what we're doing. And Glenn helped us get a lot clearer. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? We're going to Philly. We're going to Philly tomorrow. Oh, which is so much fun because we get to hang out with with the crew at the hotel and the crew at we got the audio people and the video people and the signage people people and the signage people coming all to the event space to check that out and then we got michael cirillo flying in from tejas and uh, we're gonna have a whole bunch of fun record some podcasts we actually have a new asoto team member also flying in from tejas we'll talk about we'll introduce you to her uh maybe tomorrow maybe the next day um so Man, it's a new, it's it's like a whole new gear we're about to shift into at a soda. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> hey, uh, people are also, uh, if you didn't get your SotoCon tickets, asotucon.com. Dealers are signing up. And yesterday we had our first big group of people from dealerships, dealership employees, rank and file, sign up for the Monday night party, which got us all excited at the end of the day. Yeah. So if, um, super where can people sign up for that? So uh, you can go to the Asodukan website, find the agenda, um, or if you search "party with the industry" on uh, on Eventbrite, it actually comes right yes. up. Yes. Um, we'll try and get that maybe a little bit more central on the website. That way, people can find it real quick, get some of their team members to it. Um, but yeah, it's available in a couple of spaces. If if you look, if you go to Monday, scroll all the way to the bottom at the agenda, you can find places to get your tickets and learn more about it. Right yes. There. So if you're a dealer. That's in the greater Philadelphia area, and you can't make it to the whole event, but you can come out Monday night. Come out. We're covering all costs. It's free to come out, and if you're still hungry, you can buy food and drinks if you want. Or if you're an industry partner and you have dealers who are in the greater Philadelphia area, you can be the cool one. You can be the right. one that's like, hey, there's this party, and, and I'll make sure you get in for free, okay? Just you know, follow this link and get your <laughs> clients to come to the party because they'll thank you for it. Trust us. All right, do we have anything else before we get into some news stories? No, let's get into it. All right, go ahead. Let's go. Go, you shoot first. Okay, so everybody's been talking about a very, very large uh, uh, bill that's being signed in. And yesterday, uh, with the stroke of a pen, Joe Biden initiated the Inflation Reduction Act, so which has a whole bunch We're of side hug that one. <laughs> We have the Inflation Reduction Act, which has a ton of EV tax credit verbiage in it. So how they pull that off, I have no clue, but it happened. Um, so just a couple of the key points that are happening in there. Uh, there are a full list of EVs of, uh, that, that they've got. Automotive News actually did a great job at listing out which ones have tax credits still available. Uh, but looks like Toyota, Hyundai, Porsche, Kia EVs no longer are eligible for uh, this tax credit. Ouch. Um, Can you but, imagine just be cutting out like that? Because it's because it, what's that? It's the assembly requirement, right? Because it's got to right, be assembled exactly, in North America. It has to be assembled in North America. Um, and so, and then what's crazy is GM and Tesla, who have already gone through their two hundred thousand EV tax credits because they're assembling the majority of their vehicles in North America, will be eligible again for the tax credit starting on January first. Um, and then, uh, and then interesting, this is a really, really wild piece is that in 2024, these tax credits, as opposed to just going to the consumer 
actually have the ability to go directly to the dealer at the point of sale, which is uh, an interesting piece, which changes how those tax credits are associated with the actual purchase. Mm -hmm. So they act more like a rebate once you get to 2024 that goes direct to the dealer at the point of sale instead of going uh, just on tax credits to. So then it's almost like a rebate. I mean, because you think about what it actually looks like. Say it's, you know, I don't know, April, May, and you buy an EV. You're not going to see that tax credit for like, so what do you do? You finance the full price of the vehicle and then you just get cash. You just get cash when it's tax time. You can decide what to do with that. Yep. Just think of how yep. much easier it's going to be to finance it when you have 7,500 down payment because it's transferable to the dealer. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it, if it acts as down payment or it's got to, I mean, it should. Yeah, because if it's like someone say, find that out, yeah, let on. us know. But it's I think that's comments. probably the way we didn't we didn't research it enough. <laughs> but here's what we have to say is that these are these are rules that customers are paying attention to trying to decide whether or not to get in the EV space and whether or not to uh, acquire a new EV vehicle instead of staying ICE or internal mm-hmm. combustion engine. So el- educating your people, especially honestly, if you're a Toyota, Hyundai, Porsche, Kia dealer, mm-hmm. educating your people on how to overcome the objection of like, oh, but this manufacturer over here is going to get me a tax credit and you can't. How to navigate those waters with consumers is going to be really important, especially heading into this new year. Yeah. And so there's there's a lot more. There's a much longer article. Um, Automotive Dudes did like a combo with Reuters and Bloomberg, and there's a great article. We link it up in the show notes. Um, but obviously, these are the rules. They're here for now. Who knows what will happen in the future? But like automotive is so good at, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure, figure it out. Because we always figure, figure it out. So <laughs> speaking of figuring it out. Stop. Segway. I got you. I got you. Hold up. Hold up. I'm ready to go. Okay. We talk about automotive dealers and OEMs being retailers, or I guess Mm -hmm. I botched that one. However, I think GM is figuring out what it is to actually build a retail brand or present a retail brand as they welcome the luxury brand CEO of Tapestry Inc. or Tapestry. Tapestry, Tapestry. Is that a data data thing? It's data data. Yeah. Joanne. Okay. That's not Cre- a data data. Crevoiserat. Crevoiserat. And it sounds very exotic. Um, to its board of 12 people. So uh, uh, Tapestry holds brands like Coach, uh, Kate Spade, Stuart Weitzman, who I didn't know of, but Coach and Kate Spade, obviously bigger, bigger ones. So she's on the board big, now. Big brand, and from yeah. her bio on the site, it says Joanne has deep industry financial operations experience, having spent over 30 years in a variety of retail companies. She's held a variety of leadership positions in multi-brand global companies with a focus on helping organizations successfully transform. And her company that she's the CEO of, Tapestry, the mission is bringing together different people and ideas under one roof, giving them a place to grow to stretch what's possible for brands, consumers, industry, and society. So we got some luxury brand influence going on inside GM right now, which I think is a really cool thing. Which is really cool. However, I'm interested to see how that, you know, what the connect, obviously it's one of 12 people on a board and and there's going to be some fresh and new energy there. Mm -hmm. You know, I struggle with this just a little bit, you know, because uh, with, with Mary Barra, her comment was, as we accelerate our transformation, we have an incredible opportunity to drive loyalty for our iconic brands and attract new customers, which is exactly what Joan has done at Tapestry. Now, when you think about an iconic brand and and realigning that brand enough to attract new customers, like the EV piece is definitely an opportunity to, to find new market share. But 
you know, you look at, you look at, you know, especially like a coach or a Kate Spade um, or, uh, or any legacy brands, that transition is not easy to have. Definitely and not a straight line. It's, it's not a straight line. And there is, a, there's a whole, like, I even just think about for me, what, what I associate with the logo of GM for right? sure. Like what my brain immediately runs to is not progressive, is not EV, is not even like brand. It's very just like, yep, there's a car that I need and now I have it. Yeah. Um, you don't think along the lines of like a it's like General you know, Mills. Right? Yeah. You think like a Lucky General Charms Mills. has like, a brand. There's, there's, General Mills yes. is like, eh, it's on the box. Right. Exactly. So I you know. I, I, I applaud it. It's kind of like Apple hiring the Lamborghini guy. Like I applaud this kind of, you know, this, this, like there's a straighter, there's to, a much straighter line. There's there. a straighter line there. Yeah. But I applaud this stretch to, you know, innovative practices or large brands and, and bringing that, that space in there. But oh, man, I, I, I think for brands like, for like Cadillac, going. let's take Cadillac as an example. Okay. Right. Go. A lot of ex- she's got a lot of insight into that luxury brand because Cadillac luxury brand, right? And luxury brands are basically fashion statements, right? Yep. They say something about you. I agree. GM is very kind of vanilla when it comes to that. Um, you know, even like the some of the sub brands they had like Pontiac and Saturn, like those actually said a little bit more about the person than than just GM. And you know, remember you tried to badge everything GM and they're doing that like to try to bring it together. I don't know. Um, I think they're, they're, they're approaching things in a new way, which is beneficial. They realize that EV is a great opportunity to shake things up, bringing in luxury brand. It'll be interesting, but for sure, luxury brand folks understand loyalty really, really well because they're good at building some level of intangible value that is the stickiness and is the willingness of people to pay a premium price or keep coming back. So now here's, here's one. This is what they should do. This is what they should do. Love it. GM should have, should work with tapestry to create, to create a coach bag called the Escalade. Mm, right. I like that idea. I like that idea. And then like attach retail and brand go the other way and premium to GM. Yeah. See, that'll be good. They have to tie it back to GM though. Right. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I think GM, people would buy it. That's a great idea. People would so buy a bag. The Escalade would be like, yes. And then you need a truck to match the bag. Right. right. Instead of a bag to match the truck. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, GM. That we got was, ideas. That, we got one, ideas. that was for free. That was for free. <laughs> um, either way, we want to just shout out a warm industry. Welcome to Joanne saying, Welcome to Retail Automotive. We embrace you um, with more than we embrace the news, right? Welcome to the industry. We side hug the news, but we fully embrace anyone who's willing to throw in with the automotive go. industry. Uh, pe- speaking well, Paul, of, speaking of luxury. Stop. Segway. Time. Okay. 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 We'll go with that. There is a trend away from luxury brands, it seems, mm-hmm. uh, because Walmart is exploding, beating sales expectations, citing a move away from luxury brands and trading down to more, um, more consumer value driven brands, value decisions. brands even from high-level earners. So um, interesting is grocery sales at Walmart from 100,000-plus earners grew 75% in Q2. 
Yeah. So that means people making that blows my mind. Yeah. So the demographic that is shopping at Walmart for groceries is substantially shifting, substantially right. shifting. And you just think of the behavior change, right? If these folks are typically going to maybe like um, a more of an upscale grocery store, like a Whole Publix Foods or, or a Whole Foods, or, or, or maybe like maybe that, even yeah. like Target, which is kind of like a different experience than being in a right. Walmart. Right, they're willing to change that behavior and engage a new place and a, a new shopping experience to save some money. Right, and they, they're I, calling it trading down. It's not. A, it's not a trend that we haven't seen before. Back in right. 09 through 011, right after the 2008 uh, bubble burst, we saw the trend, and then it started coming back around 2015. Is when they said it started to come. So it is. It is like a repeat, and it is an identifiable trend. Yeah. Now here's, here's my only question, especially when it comes to grocery. Now there's definitely, there's, um, it it seemed like there was also a like brand piece, not just a grocery piece, but, um, we've only done, my wife and I have only done Walmart pickup and delivery a couple times, but I will say that the app experience, the pickup, the delivery, even the shopping experience while they're shopping is really, really clean. Yeah. Like it's a, it's It's a good user experience. And so there could just be a stickiness to, Oh, people find out about that. And all of a sudden they're willing to do their groceries there. What's crazy to me is, you know, my wife has celiac and the gluten-free as well as I eat keto the majority of the time, the, the available gluten-free and keto items at walmart the stock is actually much more wide of an an option set than any other grocery store so like when we want to go find that thing that we can't get anywhere else we know it typically exists at walmart so those are things that's a really great nuance because right the higher you go up the income level the more diet specific people become bingo right more keto more specialty diets more sensitivities that are catered to and so that's a that's a good play by Walmart. Corey Marshall just made a comment. I put it up. I'll put it back up. Um, he says, "Wonder how much of that has to do with delivery or curbside." And Kyle's point, right. I think, just makes that right. Delivery and curbside change the whole dynamic of what it is to shop somewhere because if if the app is clean and it's easy to order and it's easy to pick up or get delivered, then what does it matter? Really, what does it oh. matter? I mean, all these stores are in the same vicinity of each other anyway. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they they normally are. So, I mean, some other areas um, where this is showing up is also in uh, dining out. Uh, Folks in that income bracket, 100,000 plus, trading out maybe more fancy or exotic uh, dinners for dinners at more value-driven places like Applebee's, IHOP, trading for some pancakes. There's nothing like breakfast dinner. (laughs) Breakfast for dinner is always a good thing. I know IHOP sells burgers, right? It was IHOP, their little marketing campaign. (laughs) Um, So we're seeing... We're seeing this go across and also spending at restaurants in below $50,000 income range is actually decreasing. So we really are seeing evidence mm. of the entire market being pushed down by the cost of inflation. We're talking about uh, food here, which is makes a lot of sense, right? It's something that people buy as a primary thing that we buy, right? We buy food or we dine out. So you know what's crazy? I, I think I read, I, I can't remember the exact, but I think it was 80 cents per meal is the increase that Chipotle had in like the, the the first half of this year so they like even just going to chipotle costs a family of four or five like another five bucks mm-hmm. right in, just in, in, just right there boom done just because they increase those prices so you know like five bucks on a fast casual meal is 
is not a joke. Decent percentage. For, you know, yeah, exactly. Decent percentage. I mean, look, the bottom line is this. This is going on. We tell these stories so that you can be aware of what's actually happened in these macro trends, just so you have a little bit of knowledge of it, so you know, like, what the psyche is of the customers that are coming in, but also yes. your team and your employees. These things are trends that are happening. Your team is not excluded. Your customers are not excluded. They're actually included. These are broad trends. So this is a good time to think in terms of how can I provide some like, quote unquote affordable luxuries? How can I give someone a nice dinner out? How can I help somebody with these, you know, with a grocery purchase? Because people are valuing these things and making these decisions on a regular basis. So anything you can do to help ease those, put you in a better position to serve the other people. We hope you have a great Wednesday plan. We hope you're going to get out there and move everything forward. We certainly are. We will see you here bright and shiny tomorrow. <laughs>